There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. If there's some money on the line, I'm going to go do it. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to uh, freeze. Wait. Not a game. Not, a, not, a, not the game that I... Go out there and, and die for. Welcome, everybody, to the Points in the Paint podcast, Stadium's NBA, number one NBA podcast. Ben Wittenstein. Zach Badgerhouse, always in the house. Ben, how are you doing, sir? There were tons of basketball this weekend. Did you did you catch any of it? I tried to catch as much as I could because I was in the lovely city of New Orleans, hmm. and I was uh, having a great old fun time being a part of a bachelor party. But I did, and we caught a lot of NBA games, so uh, it was fun. I'm a little tired, a little exhausted, okay. but we got to watch a bunch of NBA games. So you know, it was a good time. Time well spent. Okay, that's good. That's good. I saw some Brooklyn Nets. I saw some Warriors. Yep. I, I watched the Pacers, uh, unfortunately, not be able to beat the Suns. They've been <laughs> when a they were down eight and Chris Paul, and without Halbert, they're bad. Yeah, we'll talk about that. It's been a struggle bus with them. Uh, both LA teams seem to kind of find their groove a little bit. Yeah. So I wanted to get into bit. that a little bit. I wanted to talk about them because we never really talk. You know, we don't really talk LA. We don't talk big markets, do we? We don't talk big markets that much. Yeah, occasionally. Chicago, only to to crap on them. Yeah, well, for you to crap on them, not necessarily <laughs> me. I'm the one with all the optimism as it relates to the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, somehow. We need one of us <laughs> to be optimistic about them, I guess. We can't be all Debbie Downers. But, yeah, let's do one big thing. Just one thing. One thing. OBT, one big thing being L.A. teams. They are doing some things. They won back-to-back games, both teams. And the Lakers even came back from down to 25 Points against the Portland Trailblazers the other night. Yeah. I was proud of that because I think that was the second time they've come back from a, what, 10-point, 15-point-plus deficit in their games. I mean, I know they were down in the Memphis Grizzly game throughout the majority of that game. That game got spicy even off the court, as we saw in Shannon yeah. Sharp everybody out there. I <laughs> don't know if you saw those videos on social media, but it was something. I did. It was the thing here about the L.A. team, Zach, for me is okay. – they're playing well recently, mm-hmm. but I have no trust in them to continue playing well oh, neither consistently. Team. Neither okay. team. Okay. Neither team. Neither team. Not the Lakers. Not the Clippers. And I will say this about the Lakers. They are, you know, they've won six of their last ten. Honestly, they probably should have eh, two or three more wins out of their belt if it weren't for some questionable officiating All right, against them on some of the things. They definitely got screwed by the officials throughout a couple of these games recently in the past couple of weeks, whether it be Russell Westbrook getting fouled, and we talked about that last week, or some bad calls that they did not get towards the end of games. So they have 22 wins on the season. Probably should have 25, uh, 24 they, they should be 24 23. Look at you. They probably should be over 500, but they do have their issues. So I don't want to say that maybe they don't deserve to lose these games, but they certainly have been on the wrong end of some calls. Yeah, they have. I'll say that. They have. And I'm proud of you for sitting there. Look at you 
standing up for the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I don't like myself for I doing would. it, but you got to call a spade a spade sometimes. You do got to call a spade a spade. Look at you being a real one. Shout out to you for calling <laughs> out the officials, for not giving the L.A. Lakers those calls. They definitely yeah. should be at least 24 and 25, you know, a little higher up there in the standings. They definitely be at least ninth or eighth as opposed yeah. to 12th outside of the standings. So I will give you that. I'm on board with you for that. Now, the Clippers, on the other hand, I tweeted this the other day. And being, I feel like you may agree. You may or may not agree. I'm not sure. But don't you feel like the Clippers should have, like, the best record in the NBA yeah. based off the season roster before they came out this year? 100%. And I think, I, you know, you could look back at kind of what my picks were. I think we still have it in the sheet. But, you know, I talked about the Clippers, I'm sure, for some of our final teams and, mm-hmm. you know, making it to the Western Conference Finals, things like that. And, and they definitely should have on paper. You have Kawhi. You have Paul George. You have John Wall. And uh, the three unhealthiest guys in the NBA in terms of bodily injuries. <laughs> so they, uh, we maybe should have seen it coming from a mile away. We maybe. did not, and they have not been good. And I've been betting them. I've been watching them. And, you know, we talk about chemistry, too, and how important that is, it especially really once is we important. get down to the end of the NBA season. It really is. The Clippers aren't going to have people playing all the time. That chemistry is going to be tough. So they have a long road ahead, I think, as a team. Yeah. Uh, but, again – they are one of those teams because of the talent that they have. They can go on a five-game win streak whenever they want. They can, but they can also lose three out of their five games, next <laughs> yeah. five games as well because Kawhi Leonard may or may not play. Now, granted, it's crazy. I do want to talk positive about the Clippers because I've been kind of on the downside with them all year because of sure. how they've underperformed. But, Ben, I do want to say this, and I do want to add the fact that, okay, I see you, Kawhi Leonard. Back-to-back games, 30-plus points. I see you. That's what we want to see. Now, you know I want to see it for a long period of time. Yeah, consistency, man. That's all we need. Eight to ten games of Kawhi Leonard playing every game. I don't care if it's a back-to-back or not, trying to manage the need. It's at the third. I need him to have that that oomph, you know what I'm saying, that extra bounce in his game. Yes. Between, between, between the legs, mid-range, crossover that he loves so much. And he was cooking defensively against your boy. Yeah, he was. Luka Doncic held him under 30 points. I don't even really seen too many people hold Luka Doncic under 30 points this season. He had 29. He shot poorly from the field. He got locked down in the fourth bend. Kawhi Leonard was showing that superstar against superstar. You know what I'm saying? What we want to see. We we saw that from the, claw, from the claw. So I was proud of that. Yeah, 100%. And they're a team that you look at and you're just – you're always thinking – and this has been the M.O. for the Clippers has been – you think that they're a good team. You think mm-hmm. they can be consistently good. And then their head's not in it sometimes. Their ability's not in it sometimes. It's just they, they have had this identity for a long time. And I don't know if it's a coaching issue. I don't know if it's a personnel issue. I don't know what the issue is, but this has been the identity of the Clippers for three, four years where you're thinking, you're looking at them, you're like, mm-hmm. they should be better. They should. They have the talent. And then they just make boneheaded mistakes. They go on stretches where they look like they just do not care about playing basketball. But then there's other times where they look like one of the best teams in the NBA. So I, I don't know fully what the issue is. It's probably a combination of players and coaching. But it's not a it's not a formula to win the national chance, to, to win an NBA championship. And what's funny about it, too, Ben, is that, like, okay, they want to try to trade John Wall. Well, that's not going to be your answer, in my no. humble opinion. Because especially if you were a guy like Mike Conley. I mean, nobody want Mike Conley playing for the Clippers. But it might make sense, though, because he fits. It kind of does make sense. He fits the, the boring Kawhi Leonard. and the, That's what you need. The second fiddle and Paul George. Maybe that might be the answer. Maybe that might work, Ben. I don't know. But I do believe this. They don't need to do none of that in terms of <laughs> – 
<laughs> they don't need to do none of that in terms of trading for Mike Conley. Keep John. Keep uh, Paul George. Keep Kawhi Leonard. That should be your core in the backcourt, frontcourt, however you want to you know, dissect it or whatever. But that should be the answer. I don't think they need to go out and get a Michael Conley or anything like that unless no. you can like expand your bench. And I don't even know if they can do that right now with all the contracts they have with Norman Powell and Covington and Kennard and right. Reggie Jackson. Who it's such a ragtag week. group of people. It's mm-hmm. so wild. It is. I-, I wonder how active they're going to be. For the trade deadline. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see. if Because if they feel like this is the team that they can make a run with, maybe they make some trades. Well, the team across the street already did it. Yep. Yeah, they did today. <laughs> According to our Shams, Rui Hachimura, coast to coast, going from the east to the west. So I don't know how much he's going to help the Lakers. It's a trade. Like it's I mean, it's I not a bad or good be, trade. He's coming, coming up a game where he had 30. Yeah, he's got the potential. Well. It's all Mini Kawhi right is what people called him coming that's in the draft. That might be a stretch of the he imagination. Had to get Kawhi Leonard mold. You, I don't know if you remember that, but people oh. call it that. They were they were comparing Rui to a guy who could turn into Kawhi. Tough crowd, <laughs> but I think he not a great look. Well. I think he'll provide them serviceable minutes, especially in the front court. Yes, and also in terms of spacing, a lot of them space. That's all. That's what you more. need. For a guy like Thomas Bryant, who played well in their last game for the Lakers. So I like the fact that he's coming along with him. Another guy who was on the Wizards. Listen, they're getting the old Wizard team back together. If It's it's really funny that if you're going to try to emulate any team out there, they're going back to the Wizards from two years ago. <laughs> okay, okay, a grimy, Lakers. gritty team, I guess, sure. in the West is what Darvaham wants. And so that's what it looks like they're trying to do. At least being, sure. I can at least say this, Lakers are starting to find an identity for who they want to be. Right? Come to the yeah. season, new coach. Roster, very questionable. And now you look at it, you know, they're 40 games in, 40-plus games in. Yeah, they're a few games under 500, but at least you know what type of team that they are. Hard-nosed, gritty, grinded-out kind of games, fight right. hard to the end. They don't shoot very well, so they play tough defense. Yes. That sort of team is what they look for in the Lakers. Yeah, and, you know, again, and this is the thing that happens with the Lakers, too, every single year is, well, they're going to be better when Anthony Davis comes back. Don't be like that. That's every that's, that's every year because he gets don't hurt every year. Be he gets hurt every year, and then you look at the team and you're like, okay, they're staying afloat. They're, yeah, they they're doing all right without him. And then the thought comes up, oh, maybe this team will be really good with Anthony Davis once he comes back. And he's mean, healthy. A lot of people did say they want to see Thomas Bryant and Anthony Davis on the yeah, and Rui now. now you got Rui. Got, that's a hell of a front court. I I don't know if it's good or bad. It's a front court. Thomas Bryant, <laughs> Anthony Davis. You got Rui Hachimura in there. I don't know. I I don't know. I just don't see any good future from this Lakers well, team, even with you. Anthony Davis back. Well, let me ask you Can't this Can't be question. healthy. Let me ask you this one question. Who yeah. do you believe will win this matchup when they face off this week? Lakers and, and Clippers? Yeah, Lakers Probably the Lakers. Lakers. Probably the Lakers? Probably the Lakers. I mean, Going you got to see the injury report once the game happens, but I would say probably the Lakers. I feel more inclined to trust the Lakers at this point, and I know the Clippers have won two in a row as of this recording. But they have instilled no trust in me. Okay. I, I do not think they can play well consistently right this moment. And like we said, the Lakers should probably have the Clippers record right now. All right. They should be 25 and 24. Yeah, officiating. You're right. Officiating some bad calls. So they are closer than I think a lot of people may guess and think. And the mm-hmm. Lakers are coming into this game a little bit more hot than the Clippers are. So over the last 10 games, I, I like the Lakers. Okay. I really do. No, I'm going to go out on a limb. And I'm going to go with the Clippers. Okay. Did the Clippers take this game because of the noise about, you know, what I've been saying about they have been playing 
that you know that much together in terms of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and John Wall. I think they all play in this game against the Lakers. I think that's where the reason why they win the game. I think Norman Powell comes out, he plays well. Unless Anthony Davis is going to return, which I'm pretty confident being he doesn't suppose to return till this Friday. Yeah. So unless he comes back tomorrow, I will go out on a limb and say that the Kawhi Leonard led Clippers will win that game this week against the Lakers. Now, if I'm wrong, it's because you know my boy King James went out there and had 40. So yeah, he we'll may. see what happens. He, he really he may. played out of his mind. You just gotta hope if this team does make the playoffs that you you have to hope that LeBron <laughs> takes some time off between now and the playoffs because he's been on a he's 38 man. Outrage. He, he can't. He's, he's been playing outrage. great. He's Averaging 38 great. at 38 since he, he turned 38. Yeah, like he's been awesome. <laughs> I just I haven't seen the. Uh, the the sitting out as much as I would have expected from him this, this season. season. Oh yeah, he, he knows that. If, I think he knows with Anthony Davis out, he knows he has to play has in order to, to keep this team in, he in the playoffs. Play at a high level, there are no yeah. no play. He can't take any plays off offensively, no. defensively, nope. throughout the course of the game because they're just going to be out of it. They were literally down to the Portland Trailblazers by twenty five and had to wheel and fight their way back in that game in order to get the win. It's kind of crazy. Um, did you want to mention anything else about Shannon Sharp? No, that's all good. He's I know he was t- out there. taking on the world. Yeah, taking on the world. He apologized he, today. Team T- T- Morant, you know they're out. They're out there bumping heads. John ja Morant's no. father. And Only in L.A. that'll happen. Okay. Only in L.A. And then he's a Dylan, meme. I do want to mention this though. I don't know if you saw the comments with Dylan Brooks, but he kind of went overboard. He's sitting there calling a Hall of Fame tight end, a yeah. regular schmegler person. Yeah, he lost his mind. Yeah, like, disrespectful. <laughs> like Dylan Brooks in twenty years from now, unless you got like three, four, five championships and up your scoring a ton, you your athletic career could never mount to Hall of Fame tight end. Yeah, Shannon Sharp. And I just you're to right. Out you're there. right. That's true. <laughs> and we got a great meme out of it, and Shannon Sharp in a, in a terrific jacket or knitted whatever knitted sweater that it was it looks great the spirit of performance is what defines acura and now it's electric introducing the zdx acura's most powerful suv yet crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple imsa championships the zdx has track tested performance that packs an energy all its own unlock the energy and order yours at acura.com uh, what's the worry? What are you worried about? You worry too much. Got a couple teams we're worried about. A little worry, little worry level, slight worry. Well, yeah. it's, it's up to you to determine where we at on the meter. Well, let's go to the Indiana Pacers first. Okay. Let's go to the Midwest. Uh, the Pacers are losers of seven straight, two and yeah. eight in their last ten. Mm-hmm. Now, the biggest reason is they don't have Tyrese Halliburton. Yep, that's true. That That is the biggest reason out there is they don't have Tyrese Halliburton and his surrounding cast very clearly cannot – deal with his absence it's, it's, it's been rough which is bizarre to me that a team would struggle that much without Tyrese and I know Tyrese has been good and we talked about him being an all-star this season yeah but man his, his loss has been clearly how much he impacts that team is showing and it's been real rough over there in Indiana because you don't know with the roster you don't know if somebody's going to be on a move or not with yes Miles Turner which we've mentioned all season long same thing with Buddy Hill my man's Benedict Mather it's kind of falling off a little yeah. bit in terms of the rookie of the year race he's kind of simmered back he's yeah. still playing well but he hasn't made those surging off like offensive statistics in terms of going out there and getting like 25 and like 20 minutes Things like that. He hasn't done that as much, but that may be because they're missing Tyrese Hallenburton, who makes the game easier for everybody. He must, on yeah. The team. I mean, his he's got double digit assists almost every night, like you said. So his his passing is clearly important to yes. that team and the spacing and and what that team does. My worry level though is not 
Now, I don't know. It's not why super is it high. high. Is it not high because your expectations weren't as high? Talk to me. It's a great question because I was thinking exactly through this. Like, is is it good because, hey, even if they lose, they're going to get a good draft pick and that's what they want. All right. But then, you know, you take a check at the standings and they're right they're in, in it. In the mix still. They're right? in it. Yeah. They, I mean, they've lost seven in a row and they're 23 and 25. They're ninth place in the East. Before this, they were really in the mix. They were a secured playoff spot. Remember, yeah. I was talking real heavy. They were like yeah. a top six team. I said they could probably stay there. Then they go out and lose they their hands and, and lose seven up. in a row. Yeah, so my, my worry level is probably a – it's probably a five. Five? It's probably right in the middle because okay. when Halliburton comes back, this team will be better. All By right. Objectively, it's going to be a better team. They're going to be winning some games. I agree. Now, do they want to be a team that's seventh or eighth? Or can they get it back inside the top seven with Halliburton and – does them losing now without Halliburton maybe make some changes where they're like, all right, we need to build some more around him. Let's make some trades at the deadline. Ah. There's a lot of different directions I feel like it could go. They so, definitely can go in a multitude of directions. They could they could tank and just clear house. Yeah, it's probably a five. A piece. So, it's, you say so, a five? so it's probably a five. Okay, I'm going to um, say about a seven for me. I got to go with a seven because I just don't know, you know what I'm saying, with the roster currently constructed the way that it is, if they make a move – and if it's a move for the worst, like they're throwing in the towel, if they're going to be sellers, mm-hmm. then okay. But if they're buyers and they're going to get someone and try to make this playoff run, then I'm with them. Because, again, Ben, I still look at the Eastern Conference right now, and outside of maybe the first four spots, five through 12, I feel like can be fair game. Or maybe five through 10 in terms of seeding can be fair game. I will say this about Indiana in terms of strength of schedule for the rest of the season. They are in the bottom eight in terms of – Strength of schedule. So they have one of the easier schedules. So it's favorable for them. They have the eighth easiest schedule for the rest of the season for the Pacers. So if Halliburton does come back, they could make a pretty good run. Okay. I think just looking at their strength of schedule. So I think that will really help them, to be quite honest. Now the Celtics got injuries. And they have injuries. So what's the worry level on that? Now you know you got to be able to guard somebody. Now you over there shaking your head like, no, nah, we ain't worried. They 35 and 12, first place, four and a half games behind. You know, so they ain't got no worry. You're they listing gotta, all my reasons yeah, right four now. Four and a half game lead. I, I know you. they feeling they still won nine straight. Yeah. Nine and one, they last ten. Yeah. Okay, so you have no worries whatsoever without Marcus Smart mm-hmm. being out of the lineup. I know Tatum's, Tatum's been, some been time. out, yeah. So you have no worries for that. No, I, I don't have any worries because as long as their injury Marcus Smart big now. Yeah, as long as their injuries don't go into the playoffs. Okay, you're right. I'm fine. I'm completely fine. I I think getting the number one seed is a bit overrated. Mm. I don't don't even know if people overrate it, but I don't think it is that important coming from a guy who watched the Bulls get the number one seed a couple of times under Thibodeau and it didn't really help. I, I don't think getting the number one seed is super important if you can get players, and I know they're hurt, but you, you can keep them out and make sure they're fully healthy come playoff time. The Celtics are going to make the playoffs. They are, like you said, four and a half games ahead of the number two spot yes. in the East. So even if they lose their first spot or their second spot and they drop down to third or fourth, they're fine. They're going right. to be in the playoffs. And if they can keep their players out and they can rest them longer and get them healthy over the long term to get ready for this playoffs, they're fine. So my worry level's two. Okay, probably two. Two, okay. So I would have to say for the Celtics, I'm not super worried. I'm probably where you were with the Pacers, so I'm at a five with the Boston Celtics. Interesting. Because I still think they need Marcus Smart in terms of defense, defensively. And now it all depends on, like you said, the standings. If it matters to them, then I think my my worry level will be a seven. I don't think it matters that much to them. So that's why I'll say my worry level is a five with the Celtics. Him being out, missing time, that's going to matter. Now, if Tatum's – timeout is going to be extended then that's when we may have to turn on the hazard lights sure. to see what 100% what the issue is and and also if their record on the road 
was worse and terrible. You know, like the Cavs are nine and fourteen on the road. The Celtics are seven and are seventeen and seven on the road. Oh, so they do a fairly and they're eighteen job. and five at home. So okay. home court advantage won't necessarily be as important to them. I think at least if looking through the season, that okay. would be to like a Cavaliers team who's only lost five games at home this year. Well, that's five games at home for the Cavs. So, right. clearly, home court advantage will be important to that team. With the Celtics, they can play well anywhere in the NBA. All right. Not super worried about them dropping a couple spots. Um, flying under the radar, another segment. Defensive player of the year race. This might be the first time I've talked in depth about defensive player of the year in the month of January in my entire life. That's fair. That's fine. I just feel like this award in particular is more competitive than what we think it is right now okay. in this month of January. Because, remember, the first third of the year – I would say it was probably Brooke Lopez's to lose. Seemed that way. And like the second third of the year, it's looking like it's Trip J, Jaron Jackson Jr., the Memphis Grizzlies to lose. Sure. But I've been noticing recently, Ben, I've been mm-hmm. watching these Brooklyn Nets games. And that young bull, Nick Claxon, yeah, you're, he you're impressed? has been playing very well on the defensive side of the ball. He's been playing well in general. I think he leads the league and he fits in terms of uh Field goal percentage at like seventy two or seventy three percent. Okay, he's always around blocking shots. Like he doesn't lead the league in block shots, but he's always around blocking shots, contesting shots, mm-hmm. deflecting balls or anything like that. Pause. But you know he's <laughs> done. He's he's done so well on the defensive end, and he's really upticked his production without Kevin Durant being in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So I think his number at what currently I think it's plus seven hundred on FanDuel or at least for Caesars is six fifty at the third best odds to win the award. Getting some value. Looking at some value. I have to look at some value with Nick Claxton for Defensive Player of the Year. It's interesting because uh, I'm looking at their win shares, the defensive win shares for mm-hmm. these players. Desmond Bain's number one. Okay. For, I, I put players who have played 25 or more games just to make it fair since we're <laughs> almost like 50 games through the season. Right. So you can't play two games and have an amazing defensive win share. But Desmond Bain's number one. Jaron Jackson's number two. Nice. Joel Embiid is number three. Interesting, but I don't know if he's played. He's played. Yeah, he's he's played uh, thirty-four. Yeah, he's games. played a decent amount of games. Giannis is fourth. Interesting. And Caleb Martin is fifth. Not giving him top five for nope. He's not on the list. <laughs> he doesn't make the defensive player of the year race list. Not at all. It's interesting, but yeah, there's a top five. Dylan Brooks is number six. Memphis has three guys in the top six of defensive win shares. Mm, that's very interesting. This season, which I thought is uh, is pretty interesting. I mean, you can look at all these uh, dif- different defensive numbers I'm right going for, off for players test. you're going off i test I'm going strictly off I test. just for all, all these guys right jared jackson he's had a he's had two blocks make sure you check out zach impressive six this week too we got an interesting stat in there so my man's jared jackson has two blocks in like 15 straight games at least two with at least two blocks. yeah i mean it's you absurd. look at his defensive rating it's number two in the nba for players who've played 25 or more games it's mm-hmm. number two 103 and Dylan Brooks is on there as well. Caleb Martin shows up again. Great defender. Oh my gosh. Giannis is up there. <laughs> Brooke Lopez is up there. He he makes an appearance on the defensive rating. So mm-hmm. all a lot of those guys have been showing up. Um, Manuel Quickly's up there as well. He's he'll be one of those guys I think that'll make a defensive team. So I think he'll Emmanuel Quickly will make all second team defensive team. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for that. Interesting. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, I, I think. Through the, if you're looking at analytics, I don't know you're not an analytic guy. No, I ain't. But if the analytics would probably indicate Jaron Jackson should probably win, defensive he's player of the year? yeah he's like top three in some pretty heavy defensive it's rating funny categories. You say that though because it's like the, the second person who's up for the award hasn't even been mentioned out of your mouth just yet, and that's Brooke Lopez. You have not said his yeah, name. Yeah, he and was he, uh, a little bit on the defensive rating, probably top fifteen, top twenty. Okay, but I, I don't think the metrics super love him. 
for defensive stuff. That's but interesting. He may, and I again, eye test is important for these people who vote. Yeah. They're going to be watching, so eye test is important for sure. Mm-hmm. And we've seen all the injuries and all the people out that have been on that team. Yes. So him him being a defensive player and really holding it down defensively is important too. <laughs> Not his next one being. <laughs> for never will I ever. Yeah. Well, what are you never going to do? I'm never. Listen. Never will I ever. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Got to change the camera. Yes. Never will I ever bet with Jimmy Butler until he cut his damn hair. Okay. <laughs> until he cut his hair. Ben, listen. I don't know sure. if you've seen his hair in the last game. He had a ponytail at the top of his head looking, yeah. looking crazy. Looking like my five-year-old niece and whatnot. Like he looked like a fool. So until he cut his hair, Ben. I'm not rolling with Jimmy Butler to do anything on the basketball floor unless it's under. Because I had him for 15 points and yeah. he only had 12. Just, just lousy. Just this lousy is, play. This is one of I your blame the hair. This is one of your biggest old man takes I think I have ever <laughs> heard in my life. To be 100 percent honest, you don't. You have some old man takes, but this is your oldest man take. Yeah, that I think I've heard from you. <laughs> this is real seventy-year-old grandpa takes that Bro, you got. Going he got on. his hair looking silly, stupid. Got a fade, got a ponytail <laughs> on top of his head, looking like ice cream cone. He cut your re- hair, Jimmy. He looking ridiculous. So until he cut his hair and actually care about basketball and yeah, not sure. focuses on how, he, how his appearance is yep. on the floor, he already came out with the Jordan Clarkson braids like earlier in the week. Yeah. Now he co- he come out with his hair unbraided, got the ponytail up here, looking crazy. I ain't doing it no more. Hmm. I'm out. Sound like an old dad. I'm I, out you know, on I respect it. Ben I, I respect an old dad take. <laughs> Let's go to On the Hotline. And, again, give us a call, 773-273-9088, which is our number. Leave a voicemail. Leave a text. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you want us to talk about. We got Maurice in Chicago. The Sixers are four or 18-4 and four in their last 22 games. No one's talking about it, he says. That's interesting. Do you agree? I would agree with that. But I got Number also, two in the East. I got to also mention this, Maurice. Now, you know how the Sixers usually do. Because, yes, as my partner right here, Ben, has mentioned, they are second in the East. But what do we usually see out of this team? They come into the playoffs. They may win the first round. But then what happens? They, they lose that second round exit. That's usually the standard for this Philadelphia 76ers team. They haven't really made what the Eastern Conference Finals since when? Since Allen Iverson? I think that's what, 2001? So it's been a very long time for them since they've reached the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, so I think they have to take that next level of approach to get to that point in their season in order for us to really take them serious. You know, they got to really go out there. James Harden can't play. Sometime-ish. Look like he won't 15 assists but only won't 12 points. He may have to be more assertive on the offensive end. Tyrese Maxey may have to be more aggressive. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I I think and the important thing is, too, you look at that over the last 22 games, and B has not played in all those 22 games. That's so fair. the fact that they're winning a lot of these games. Now, their schedule – was well, a little wishy-washy, right. little with little little wishy-washy. <laughs> let me let me bring up the all remaining strength of schedule going on because if I uh, if their schedule was wishy-washy, guess what? They're number two in strength of schedule in games left. They're gonna have the second hardest schedule in the NBA Ooh, for the next thirty six. So games. that's gonna be the true test so right there, see, Maurice. We're gonna see. Yeah, we're gonna see if Philly's got it on. And B needs to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I love Tyrese Maxey. They got a really good team around him. But we're gonna see what Philly's made of. Yeah. They play the Celtics three more times. Mm. They play the Bucks twice. They play the Nets three times. They play the, the Nets Nuggets three times, two times. The Nuggets two more times. So that means they haven't played the Nuggets yet this year. Mm. So they got yeah, they got their work cut off. Mm. Listen, we're gonna I, see what Philly's made of. We are gonna see what's happening. No more Charlotte Hornets. 
No nope. more Detroit Pistons and <laughs> sorry bottom feeder teams. Yeah, look at this. Houston Rockets, but <laughs> look at this. Since January fourth, they go Pacers, Bulls, Pistons, Pistons, Thunder, Jazz. You had to throw the Pistons in there twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. Back to week. back against the Pistons. Mm, 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 mm. It's been uh, it's been I a need soft some schedule. Some tougher teams, some tougher opponents yeah. from the Philadelphia 76ers, Maurice. I'm sorry, player. Maybe that's <laughs> why they're not talked about as much. They're like, ah, they got a charming soft schedule. Mm. Now if they go eighteen and four in their next twenty two games. Now you're talking something. Now we're talking. We'll we'll bring him up. Uh, Jessica Foster says, every time the Grizz talk trash, they lose. And I love this take about the Grizzlies. Okay, why? I love it. Because it's funny. We've seen the Grizzlies transform, you know, two years ago. I think they were the Points in the Pain podcast team two years ago. Because they were fun. They were young. They had jaw. They had fun players, fun attitude. They were the underdogs. And that was the most important part. They were underdogs. They were fun. They were beating these teams they weren't supposed to beat. Next year, again, they have the same attitude. They're still semi-underdogs. You still had some big players in the league. Right, right. And we've started seeing that phased out this year. Mm. They're the team. Number two in the West. They're the team. They're 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 one of the top teams. They're the hunter. They're the hunted. So they start talking (laughs) trash like they're the team that uh, everyone thinks is just a young, up-and-coming team. But they're not that team anymore. Right. And so when they talk trash, it almost looks like they're too arrogant. Mm. And then they lose. And then they lose. Because they're now the hunted and not the hunters anymore. Listen, Friday night, they were winning. And it's like Michael Jordan said, right? It's easy to talk trash when you win it, right? Yeah, it's super easy. easy to talk I and, mean, you know, do all that rah-rah when you win it. But where that noise and where that energy at when you lose it? See, LeBron got tired of Desmond Bain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that too, but he tired of the antics. He tired of Desmond Bain getting a couple jumpers, getting a couple shots, and he get to talking outside of his neck. He LeBron tired of that, so he had to let him know to shut it up, shut it down. Then he come down next play, what dunk the ball on Jaron Jackson, the, yeah, <laughs> the guy who lead the league in blocks. He come down and just posterize him, it. put him on a poster. So. Maybe they have to humble themselves degree. It's just a tad bit. They're still playing well. I know they ain't running from the smoke in the chimney, but they may have to dial it back a little, <laughs> a little bit. bit. Yeah, I mean, they're playing well is the other thing. You know, you can't argue with success at this point. They're That's second in the, in the West. Mm-hmm. They're still four and a half games in front of the third place team, the, the, the Sacramento Kings. Mm. So they are winning. All right. But I think it is funny that every time they do, like every time them talking trash makes the news and makes yeah. people's timelines, yeah. they blow it. So maybe, you know, stay a little more humble. Just that's my old man to, take. They might have to stay humble. Stay right? humble. That's your old man's take. Yeah, that's your old man's stay take. Humble. Stay humble. Stay humble, <laughs> Grizzlies. Stop showing off. Stop showboating. But I think <laughs> if they talk trash tonight against against the Kings, according to this podcast, yeah. I think they're going to lose. I'm rolling with the Kings. Roll with the Kings. You'll see it on TikTok later on today. And that's going to conclude this edition of the Points of the Pay podcast. Amazing. Yeah, it got to be on TikTok. I'm, I'm there so you go. sad. Go I, visit I, Zach's TikTok. I hate it. I hate He's it. a content creator now, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Content creator Zach. 773-273-9088. That's how you reach this podcast, by voicemail or text message at Points Paint, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's how you reach us. Get back to us. Give us some feedback on our content. We would love it and appreciate it to give us five stars, not four stars. You give us four stars. You are hating on the pod. So make sure you rate and review and subscribe to the Points in the Pain podcast wherever you get your podcast. And you will hear from us next week.